Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Heads. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com or check them out on Instagram at Phoenix Rods. Check out Viking Heads at vikingheads.com or check us out on Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram. Today we have the U.S. Open champ, Kyle Grover. Uh, He tells us his story about the... uh, the tournament it's really cool and uh kind of some back history on it as well some of the previous ones he's fished and uh a little bit about local lakes you know same thing with kelly he's he's a guy that's been fishing these for a long time so he had a little bit to say about that so thanks again kyle for coming on good luck at the arizona one um and yeah i appreciate it uh this month's patreon sponsor is uh, well last month was uh 86 and that'll be announced tonight uh the winners this month is Swimbait Republic. They've donated some baits. We'll be uh, putting a picture up this week. Thank you very much for donating. Appreciate it. Uh, make amazing baits. And I think you guys could check them out now. We had them on the podcast uh, pre, um, pre, I think it was Toxic Day. So uh, that, I can't remember. It's so many of these. But uh, yeah, check them out. Amazing uh, company. Thanks for the support. Uh, next Friday, I will be at Clear Lake Outdoors doing podcasts. If you guys want to stop by and say hi, uh, what's up? If you're up that way, I'm not sure who I'm doing yet. I'll be up there Friday, Saturday next week. Um, should be a fun time. Can't wait. And then the toy drive December 3rd, please come down and support. We're going to have a ton of vendors more than last year. Um, Try to raise more toys. Uh, we, I think we have the organization lockdown we're going to donate to. So I, uh, my wife's in charge of that right now. So she's doing that. Uh, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, I'd appreciate it. Our Spotify. And um, that's about it. I think I'm, I might do a shirt for uh, to- for a toxic, for the toy drive. Maybe I'll collab with somebody. I don't know because it's been so busy. But, um, yeah, I got I'm gonna have a ton of good podcasts coming up. I think I have Bobby coming on to talk about uh, rock fishing, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to get some more salt guys on. It's slowing down for them, I'm sure, soon in the winter months. So hopefully, I can get those guys on and come uh, talk about stuff a little bit. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you like this episode.
Welcome to Casting Crank Podcast. Today, we have the champion, <laughs> West Coast champ, Kyle Grover. How's it going, dude? It's good. It's great. How's it feeling? Feels awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Feels great. <laughs> How many of these did you fish? I think this was my uh, 11th year fishing the U.S. Open. How many top threes have you had? Never. So this was, is a big deal for you. Yeah, big deal. I was in second, uh, I think, three years ago. I remember that one, yeah. Going in the last day. Uh and then bombed. Then bomb. I finished sixth, but I had I've had the shot to win one time before. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what was different this time? What lined up differently? Uh, you know, I think it was. So it's only the second time the tournament's ever been at Lake Mojave this year. Last last year was my first. That's the first time I'd ever fished a tournament there. Ever been there? I'd never been there before. Um, this year, I think the biggest difference of why I won was the the depth that I was fishing. Um, so last year it was dominated on, you know, live scope, active target out deeper 30 to 50 feet. And everybody just kind of assumed, I assumed it was going to be one like that. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, you had just, everybody was out deep. I was out deep. Like I, I spent my first, I practiced for four days. I spent the first three days of practice offshore nothing but offshore mm -hmm. and you just see everybody lake mojave is a real narrow lake so you just you just run right down the middle of it and see everybody which sucks it's <laughs> it stinks when you can just see everybody like yeah. last year you had all the guys that were at the top you just run down the lake and you just you just point them out as you go down like yeah. oh he's he caught him yesterday he because everybody's got wrapped boats all the good guys most of them have wrapped boats and uh the water was it was 80 degrees out there last year it was summer it was basically like a summer pattern uh this year i'm not sure why the weather was kind of the same it was hot and calm it was we, we were in the upper 80s most of the time but the water was about 10 degrees colder last year was around 80 this year it was 70 and the last day of practice after only catching five or six fish the first three days made a run further up the lake then I, most people were fishing and I got up a little shallower still on the active target. Um, but I spent, I, I spent my entire tournament, uh, in, I was hopscotching these three different bays and I was, but I was fishing in like five to 15 feet. Wow. And these bays had shad. That, that was the, the biggest key. Um, the small mouth in the fall, they just, they want to be around the shad. And in practice, I just went, I pulled into one of them and it was like, oh, there's one. I threw at it and I caught it. It was like a four pounder, you know, like, oh, cool. And then it was like, yeah, there's a couple more right there. It was just kind of, I saw a few, caught maybe one or two more smaller ones. And I'm like, go down the lake and fish a couple more and then get into another one. And kind of the same thing, man. Oh, there's one right there. Throw at it, catch it, and then see some more. There's shad in this one too. And kind of just was looked on my practice. You in, were kind of like the last day of practice. Figuring, you figured it out. I found everything. Okay. The I, uh, mo most of everything. The last day of practice. Okay. Yeah. And then I found one more bay that I got on my map. I got out. I got on my phone. I was looking at Google Earth like that. <laughs> like that bay looks like this one. That bay looks like nice. Kind of running around. And I found three spots that just they had shad in them. And it seemed like the ones that had shad in them, the fish would bite. I could get the ones in there to bite because they were they were actively feeding. And nobody bothered me really for three days. I think this, the second day I had someone start in the bay that I was starting in and I just pulled up. I was like, Hey man, like I'm in the lead. Like 
I'm fishing in Is here. everyone pretty cool? Like Everyone's cool. Yeah, everybody respects. If you're like, hey, I'm a top five, like our top ten. Yeah, it's, hard, have the... it's harder to do it after the first day. <laughs> but, you know, because it's a three-day tournament. Every fish is, everybody fishes three days. But I was kind of, <laughs> I'm fishing in here. Like, I don't really care. And I, I caught one. I caught one instantly in there. But other, other than that, I really had no. But nobody was fishing the the spots that I was fishing. That was a big thing. Even and, even the dudes with the rat boats, you didn't see him doing. Yeah, doing and it. I purposely not that people follow me, but this year, so I always uh, I get rid of my boat uh, in June every year, and so this will be the first tournament that I fish every year with my boat. This year, I purposely didn't wrap my boat. Because of the experience I had there last year, it was I just hate. I hate. Do you think that it helped you? Like, yeah, I definitely dodge? think it helped. Really, there was a few guys doing that too. Like Josh Bertrand, he had his wrap off. Um, he had the same mindset I had. I just I hate that you can just drive down the lake and be like, "There's Kyle." Like, I, it drives me crazy. Does it make you want to have another, like, another boat when you practice? Or did no. you go out with another boat when you practice fish? No, I'll, I'll only just have one boat. But I'll fish that as long as that tournament's there at that lake. An unwrapped boat. I'll, I won't wrap my boat before. It makes sense, before. dude. Yeah. How many boats were there? 100, 183 boats. Wow. Uh-huh. And so I think like people would, they'd see me, but I just had a straight white boat with nothing on it. No, I didn't even have power poles on it yet. I just like, so I was super incognito. That helped. Because I, ha- I also had, I had these three bays and I had one, I had one deep spot that I found in practice that had a big wad of them on it. I caught five of the 15 that I weighed in on this no one way. spot and it would just, is way out in the middle of the base. And I was fishing and I have, every time I'd pull up on it, I'd have guys driving by and they just don't, if they'd have seen the Angler's Marine wrap on the side of it, I'm they sure they'd have waypointed it. As, yeah. yeah, they'd have like, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone. I, I, every day I got to fish it every time I wanted to. And it's different too because it's, it's uh, anyone could enter that tournament, right? Oh, yeah. Any, it's you an could open. Just pay, you could just pay as a pro and not be a pro and yeah. fish as a pro. I think an 18-foot boat with a 150 on it and a working live well, and you're in, $1,600. bucks. you are so that could, that could really, if someone wanted to fuck with you, they could. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna plant. You mother- hear- I'll, I'll go and plant fuckers and fuck up your. Th- <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> you hear bad stories about stuff like that all the time, but but yeah, I, I think not having a wrap boat and I was just fishing a little bit shallower than everybody. I was still on my Lawrence active target. I caught 14, 14 of the fifteen fish that I weighed. I watched eat my bait. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you notice? I heard some people say like the fish are like the patterns. Everything's like later. Like it hasn't kicked in yet. Have you noticed that the fishing has been different? It's, like everyone's off, everything's off almost. The fishing around here is definitely off. Yeah, I went to it was fun. I went to Diamond Valley the week before the tournament just to run. I had just got my boat just to run it around and make sure everything was going. I caught on my third cast. I caught a ten pounder, and I oh, never shit, caught one dude. again the rest of the day. Like, <laughs> I never caught another one the rest of the day. The fishing's. Fishing's pretty rough over there. They've been they've been pumping a lot. They've been they've been slowly pumping the water into Diamond Valley all year, and it's it's made the striper population go crazy. There's tiny stripers everywhere. There's little so they spawned really good there this year. And mm-hmm. then a combination with the water going up. I don't think they like the. A lot of places are like this. They don't like uh, the green bushes in the water very much around here. I don't know if it gives off it's pollen or. Mm. <coughs> or what coming off of them they don't really like it and the fishing's the fishing's just off you hear it from everyone because you're in the shop you get yeah to hear, hear it a lot 
the same thing for all these lakes, huh? Yeah. All, yeah. all the lakes are kind of, I think Paris is still pretty good. That's where if I go, I don't fun fish very much. If I do, Paris is the lake that I like to go to around here. Cause it's got diamond Valley doesn't have shad. Diamond Valley is kind of its own little weird lake. You do weird niche stuff there. You tiny spots. Tune, yeah. With you. Like you got to be the win a, to win a team tournament there. Generally, you got to be on the right spot at the right, like right off the bat in the morning. You have a little, which is exactly what I did the other day. Like I have, a, I have a couple spots. There's a few spots that just tournaments are always one off of. And I pulled up and made the one cast that I've, me and my dad have made for 20 years since it's been open, and I got a 10. And that was that was it though. I got one there, and then What'd I never got another bite. I caught on a jig. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, a big three quarter ounce jig. Yeah. Damn. Rock. Really? Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, that's big ones what, bite I, that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, yeah, big one. You don't just need to throw a swim bait. Are no. you a jig guy too? You can catch a big one on a jig. Yeah, field? I used to be a big swim bait guy. I'm, I've kind of gotten away from the swim bait thing the last ten years. It's just, but you hear you hear guys that are in between the uh-huh. swim bait and the, they go, I think I could catch just a big fish on a jig. Yeah. A lot of guys. big ones eat crawdads yes. for sure. Yeah, the one I I, I was using like a big one that kind of looked like kind of more bluegilly big. Big, uh, big trailer on the back of it, chartreuse on the back. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the, the fish at that, at Diamond Valley in particular, the last few years, it seems like the big ones are eating uh, baby bass and bluegills because there's no, there's no shad in there anymore. It just has little tiny silver sides. And then it's got, a, it's obviously, it's, it's got lots of crawdads. Um, it gets, so Diamond Valley gets, it's, it's probably the only lake around here that still gets regular trout stockings, but they put, giant trout in there they don't put the stock size in there anymore you see like you how go there big they are oh they're all driving, huge you're like yeah dude. so they're all i don't think i've seen like i'll go there a couple times in the winter and, and you'll see the trout on the ramp or and you know in the first couple coves around the lake and they're I, the smallest one you see is three pounds maybe yeah, yeah. I, the, the vast majority of the stuff they're putting in there is four to eight pounds so oh, i don't man. think they I think most, I'm sure that, you know, the big ones are, will eat them, but the, f- I don't think the three to six pounders can eat them. Have you seen, since you're younger as well, have you seen this um, cycle, fishing cycle before, what we're in right now? Because you can. Yeah, they all cycle. But you've seen the cycle, like, of the lakes right now. You've, you've seen this one. Yeah. Diamond. Like, where it's been pretty bad everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the LA lakes used to be so much pyramids, still really good. The weights are still good down there. The San Diego lakes are still, yeah. are still good to catch numbers. Um, Diamond Valley is definitely in a down cycle. It's, it's down for sure. They have a, they have a team tournament there in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be blown away if someone catches a limit really after what I've seen there the last month. Yeah. Yeah. Just the no shad, the no shad in that place kills it. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's hard to like, that's what turns I'm not by any means a good freshwater, but I would go. I like it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to get get out there and kind of, but I'm like, fuck, I can go to this little calico fishing. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> they bite. Kids, it's, it's fun. Like, yeah, I'm like, dude, I got kids. And, and it's fun. It's way and more it, fun. And it's a lot of the same shit. You're going to use the same shit you're yeah. using in the, in the freshwater. Yeah, so, you can take mean, your big A-rig to yeah. Diamond Valley. You're not going to get bit exactly. all day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back to the tournament. So you, you figured out a bite. You figured out a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, First day, was it a little more stressful since everyone was there doing the same? Anyone doing the same thing as you the first day? The, the, so the, my, my buddy who finished second, Pat Tui, he was literally fishing right on the other side of the lake for me. Doing okay. I don't know if he was throwing the same things I was, but he was he was on the same pattern I was, shallow shallow flat bays with grass and bait. And he, he, almost, he, 
I know he lost some. Like he probably should have won. Um, but we were we were, were we were on the same. Were, what do you mind saying? What you were throwing? You were just drop shotting. Drop I was just drop shotting. I caught every fish on the. Drop. I caught one. Uh, I caught one the first day on an A rig, and one the last day on the A rig, and then everything else was drop shot. Margarita mutilator. Uh, no, no actually, pink worm. The I was throwing up. Uh, 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 Kyle's killer morning lemonade. Dawn. Yeah, morning Kyle's dawn. Killer lemonade, new yeah. color. Really, the only color you need is I'm a big Robo worm guy. I have all these special colors, unreleased color. I'm yeah. on the my, my buddy over there, Mike Breakbill, sends me tons of stuff. And really, I just like you look in my Robo worm box. I have a row of pink ones, a row of purple ones, and some green ones, and some brown ones, and that's it. Just all you the just standard love those colors. colors. That's just ones. all you really all you need. And really, morning. If I had to choose one, that's the one I was throwing most. Morning dawn. That's really. Around here, anywhere, more you see it everywhere. Morning. You're not gone. big with colors then with drop shot. Those specific or you colors. You just feel like those just work. Those just work. Okay. Yeah. If the fish are eating bait, they like morning dawn. If they're on, if the fish are around gra like taller grass or the you got like a little cloud cover, they like the purple worm. They like margarita meat later. And then if I'm fishing rock at the desert or like Clear Lake places like that, they like the purple really good at Clear Lake. I throw oxblood too. Okay. That's pretty much it. That's Do really you have a uh, type of weight you like to use? It just it just depends on the depth. Really? Yeah. Like or a tungsten guy or tungsten. Um, like I had five. I had four drop shot rods in my deck at Mojave. Oh, All I had one with a quarter on it, one with a three eighths, and two half ounce ones, just depending on how deep I was fishing. The, my deep spot was in like fifty feet, so I was throwing half ounce Same out there. Eight pound or six pound? Six pound test. Everything six pound test. Yeah. Man. They're pressured out there. Big. There's so many. There's so once you get all those boats out there in a tournament, you know, a couple hundred boats that the but you you see the bite in practice slowly get tough every day in practice it just gets tougher and tougher and they've seen baits every day and so the the drop in the line helps a lot. I'll I'd be I'm sure next year I'll there's a good chance I'll be throwing five. You know? Really? Yeah. Throw wow. five a lot around here. Yeah, Do it, you? it helps for sure. Mm -hmm. I I've I've heard that. I mean, even when I'm fucking around with kids, mm -hmm. I'll put a light ass line just to get him bit. You yeah. know, but dude, that's fucking light. Used to throw a lot of four, even at Diamond really? Valley a long time ago, just to get bit. It helps for yeah. sure. It helps. You get more bites. Yeah. How much was your your ratio to like landing the fish though to to the bite? You know, back back when I used to fish there a lot, I didn't have all the all the trees in it. You know, it's that water dropped. I don't know. 10 years ago now and you got all that growth and that's why it has all those trees in it. it didn't used to have all the trees in it that was when we used to throw four you'd land most of them you just because they didn't have anything to take you and now now you're gonna lose at least half of them yeah. you throw four but we th we still throw five five my favorite to throw is seven seven's like rope you can pull hard on seven really surprise. yeah sunlight 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 really? snipers really really good stuff yeah Damn, yeah mm -hmm. no i love hearing about different lines for sure from people yeah. what, what i lost i lost two this last that at the open because of the six pound that if i'd have been throwing seven or eight i'd have probably got them in but yeah i got do you do you sir do you want to get bit first before yeah you always kind of gotta have them on so you just rather break <laughs> off and get bit than have a looking for that yeah okay you'll see them look at it if you throw a seven or eight and they'll look at it and then swim off and then do you feel like you got tuned in a little better the, the whole uh, forward facing sonar yeah you like from the last tournament or even the couple before that yeah it's such a big topic across the entire industry now forward-facing sonar the crazy thing is you get to see two sides as an angler 
and as a dealer. Yeah. And you see everyone who puts it on. Which is everybody. Their issues with it. Yeah. And you get you get to give feedback almost as a valid person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of user error on forward facing sonar guys not understanding the direction of where it's pointed, what the transducer has to be pointed the right way. It has to be rigged the right way. Rigging is extremely important. Extremely important. It has to be, if you want the best view on that thing, it has to be on its own dedicated battery, not touching anything else in the boat. If you have, if it's touching anything or it's not rigged the right way, you get a lot of interference on the screen and it's taken us a couple of years to figure that out, but it, it has to be rigged the right way and you have to use it the right way. You have to know exactly where your trolling motor is pointed when you throw at stuff. You gotta, it takes time to understand the distance. Like after a week of me just staring at that thing, you know, by the second day on like no bullshit. Like I just, I don't even look at my arrow or anything. I I know in my head based on where my foot is on that pedal. I know it's like right over here and I just, I just throw like, don't even have to look down at the the graph really. Just, 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 you know, exactly like where my, where my toe or heels pointed. I know exactly, I pretty much know where it is and being able to go through it, being able to go through an area quicker because of that helps a lot and not waste any time. Do you think the playing field is pretty level now with that before people would complain and go, man, I can't, you know, like it seems like most guys have it. Like it's pretty rare to see someone that doesn't have it. There's definitely in a, there's a lot of guys that don't aren't at the level of other guys with it for sure. And they're at a disadvantage and it's just, it's just like anything like you have to go out and use it a lot to get proficient with it. And, this day and age you have to be proficient with it to to do well at most of the lakes and it's not even for like mojave mojave like those river lakes it's more about seeing at them and throwing at them not so much it's not and but around here or a lot of the other lakes what it really helps with is you know exactly where that top of that rock pile is or you know like you can see fish swimming around that so you don't waste time in a you're not imagining yeah like, like in actually a, especially in a tournament situation you know you only have eight nine hours to fish and you have to maximize that time so i'm not wasting i'm not wasting time like so like five years ago like you have your waypoint on your graph and you know the rock piles it's about right over there somewhere it's 50 feet over there and you throw and you work your jig or whatever and you're like yeah i'm in it like i'm I'm in it but now i'm like i can see exactly where the top of it is i can throw right at it i can see if there's fish sitting around it because you might be fishing there might be not any fish there and you're fucking they might have been there when you went over but now they're not or now they're on the left side of it now they're on the right side of it you can just you can really maximize your time by making your 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 bait is where it needs to be yeah that's the biggest part of it and you find so much random stuff with it a, a bunch of the fish i caught in this tournament were sitting on like little twit like a little tiny bush just over yeah. here in the middle of nowhere not on not they're just sitting out there they're just they're suspended under a ball of bait that you wouldn't you had no idea it was over there 100 feet to your left just in no man's land and now you catch those fish because you have it yeah would you rather have forward-facing sonar or a bigger engine to run faster like oh, if you had to make a choice, sonar for really? sure. Yeah, it's the, it's probably the most important thing now. So now it's like have lakes. a shittier boat and have better electronics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we see it like we sell. I at the shop we sell everything from little sixteen foot aluminums to 
to 21 foot rangers and they all get it for most of them yeah most of them so many protein 175 you know like these things should be 25,000 and they're 35 because the guy's putting two 12s <laughs> and an active target on there you know it it's, it's sense, crazy though, everyone's you know, right? got it everyone's got it yeah yeah that's wild so back to the first day you you get on your bike you first thing in the morning you're hitting those bays yeah so like um just at, at the end of practice after the first three days i was like man i feel like i can I, I went back to the house with my buddies and it was like i feel like i can catch some now i didn't i had no idea i was on the winning fish <laughs> And it's it, gotta be weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're fucking shooting the shit. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I pulled up in the, the first bay that I started in. I caught a, caught a couple four pounders. Then I went to the next one and caught a four pounder, pulled up on my deep spot, caught a four pounder. And it was just like, this is cool. Like I'm just, it's a cool lake. The fish are big in there. Like you get a bite there at Mojave. It it's, it's more likely one over three and a half than under three and a half. It just got, it's not, it's not loaded with fish, but they're big ones. Yeah. And pretty quick, I think about like 10 o'clock, I had, I had my weight. Um, and then the second, so I'll tell you, my, this is a funny story. Um, so the end of the first day, I pulled up right, this is the fish that won it for me, in my opinion. At the end of the first day, I pulled up right in the marina. Like literally the buoy line's like right here. And I pull up and I'm just wasting, there's like 10 minutes left. I came back to make sure I had enough time. And I see I'm on my active target and I'm like 30 feet of water. I see this twig and it's this big old dot right on top of the Like it's in like 30 feet and like 10 foot above it. It's just this fish sitting there. And I, I had already thrown over here and I'm looking at it and I was like, ah, it looks, it looks like a bass. And I'm like, I just, it was a big dot and I threw over to it. And the second I see my line splash above it, my worm starts to fall and it just swims straight up. And you can see, you can literally see everything on your active. This is and like you eighty in, feet. You weren't in, in like me. fishing mode. You're kind of like done for the yeah, day. Yeah, like I was. Okay. It was. It was over for me. <laughs> and I see this big one just swims right up, and I see my drop shot and the fish meet. And all I can see, I'm looking at it on my screen, and all I can see is just my drop shot weight, like sitting like a foot underneath, and it's just not moving, sitting there. Like the fish isn't moving, and my drop shot's not moving. I look at my line; it's just sitting there, slack on the surface. So I was like, "Holy shit, he's got it." Like, what the and I just wind up and zip pow and I break it off oh, and I'm just sat there staring and the fish doesn't even move like he doesn't even know I hit him at all because I barely and I'd caught four or five fish on this that setup already that that day. knot that everything. knot okay. everything and I wind it in my line breaks at the knot and I tie that I tie an FG knot like mm -hmm. it's it never breaks ever. It never, the only, the biggest reason I tie that knot, it's so strong and it goes through your guides, but it never breaks at the knot ever. And I just stood there. I was like, what the f I was so mad. I was mm -hmm. like, that was a big one, man. I can't believe that just happened. Like I put my rod down, strap it and I go in and I'm just, I kind of like, I was tweaked about it for a couple hours, you know, and then I weigh in, I was in the lead after the first day. Uh -huh. And so the second day, I go out and it was kind of the same thing. I make, made a round through all my bays and about 11 o'clock I had, I had 18 and a half pounds. And so I knew I'm like 18 and a half. I'm for sure going to still be in the top five. Uh, but I could, it's hard to call like, cause you, you don't, when you get a bite on these fish, they're somewhere between three and five pounds. You don't want to, you don't want to catch too many because there's only it's hard to catch a limit there. There was only eleven guys that weighed a limit every day in this tournament. Like fishing's Dude. not good. It's tough. Like the weight the weights can fool you. You look at the weight count, it looks like a terrible Lake Mead tournament. Like just eleven guys with limit is it was brutal. 
And so I had 18 and a half. So I was kind of like at this point where I'm like, I don't want to, like, I want to call because I had a couple like right at three pounders, but I don't want to. I don't want to catch a three pounder because I want to catch them tomorrow. And mm. so I kind of like I backed off a little. I tried to ca- I, I fished some other spots down the lake. And then I was like, I'm going to give myself 20, 30 minutes uh, right there in front of the ramp again. Like I lost that big one yesterday. So with like about 30 minutes left, I pulled up and I started a little further down the bank than where I'd, I'd lost that one. And instantly I see a couple sitting there, throw at one and I catch a high three that called about three quarters of a pound. Okay. So I was stoked. I'm yeah. like, man, I got like close to 19 now. Throw that one back. Keep going. Go like another 30 yards. And same exact. There's the bush. There's a giant dot sitting right above it. And I looked at my co-winger. I was like, that's the that's the freaking one I broke off yesterday right there. Like, look how big that one is. And I throw over there. And the same exact thing. My line hits the water. My bait hits the water. Just swims right up meets my drop shot line slack on the surface i'm like holy shit i got it i got it again i'm like checking my drag really quick i'm like please don't break off and i got it it comes up and jump i'm like oh my gosh it's a giant one like battle there's like 10 boats around me all like the because they're everybody's waiting to go in at the end in our flight battle this thing so it's even more stressful because you're like if I lose this, yeah, look like a fucking dummy. And it just comes right in. He nets it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It's like a four and three quarter, and it called. Uh, it was like a four and a half, and it called a three peg. Gave me like a pound and a half. It got me. I had almost twenty the second day, and uh, you know, in the end, I won by point two one. Like if if I'd a if my knot wouldn't have broke the first day, and I caught that fish the first day, it would have only given me like three quarters of a pound. So if I catch that fish the first day, I don't win the tournament. That's crazy. And I, it's like I never have the knot break ever. It was crazy. That's super wild. It was. It was. It's the type of you hear this a lot in tournaments. Like this stupid shit has to happen to win. Like every this has to go right. Things just got to go. When it's yeah. your time, there's nothing you can do to do wrong, and it just happens. How many times have you had the feeling though? I'm, I'm gonna do it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That tournament, I didn't think I was going to do it. Okay. I won one at Clear Lake where I caught like 27 pounds in an hour in the morning and I was like, I'm going to win for sure. <laughs> yeah. On what? Uh, on a jig. Really? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, at Clear dude. Lake jig and crankbait. Damn. Dude. Um, and then the third day I thought I had lost it. I actually had a really good, I had my best morning the third day. Same thing. Start in the same bay. I catch like instantly like second cast. I catch, I think it was my biggest one. I caught one almost five. 
And then at the time, I thought it was just like four, though. For some, I don't know, in my head, I thought it was just four. And then, are you scale, getting a scale out and weighing them? Or in no? the turn, in the, the other two days, I was, but I wouldn't start scaling them until I got a limit. Okay. The third day, I caught that one, and then I caught a big one on a, um, I caught a big one on an Alabama rig. Same thing. I saw it and threw at it and caught it, and I never got bit on that thing again. The rest of the tournament. So I caught, and then my co-angler caught like a small, like pound and three quarter fish in the morning. And then I never caught another one. Cause that's combined weight. It's yeah. Juan Bass is combined. Do you weight. have two different live wells? I have two live, but it's just combined weight. So you're but just you keeping like your keep biggest them five. Yeah. I'll separate them okay. like big ones over here. Can you here. have 10 on the boat or only five? No, five. Okay. Once you catch your six fish, you have to call okay. one out. Um, and so, but I, I caught, so we had three in the first 20 minutes and two big ones and then i never got another bite until like one o'clock so i was stressed out and but i knew like i just got to keep rotating these spots and i'll get a bite and did then, you did you ever like when you're that stressed out did you go fuck it and start throwing some random shit no and you just stick with the game no i've been doing people spin out I just, <laughs> That's it's I'm either going to happen or it's, I'm pretty mellow about but it. But you I've know been it's going to happen the way that you yeah. did it. It's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I just keep going, just keep rotating my spots. I only have these areas and I pull, I think it was the, f I was really surprised every, the first two days in the morning, I could pull up on my deep spot and catch one instantly. And I think, I'm not sure. I, I think Zaldane started on it the last day cause he was in the same area as me. Mm -hmm. And he said he caught one there in the morning. Um, and at like one o'clock, I pulled up on it and I caught well, I caught a three and a half off of it, which I was surprised. It was like the smallest one I caught there the whole week. And then I went back to my one bay and I threw it one that was sitting on a bush. And it just, it was like, the, you throw it so many that don't bite and then this one bites. And it's it was for sure uh, somewhere between a four and five pounder. I hooked it on the opposite side of the bush it was sitting on. It kind of swam like five feet to the right, and then it swam back right to the bush. And I, the second I felt my line touch the bush, it broke me off. Oh, and I thought, I was like, that was it, man. That was, that was the one for sure. I needed one, like one more big one. I needed, and I ran around. I ran, ran to another one. I caught a really small keeper, like a thirteen-incher. And then my co-angler hooked like a two and a half, fought it all the way to the boat. And it came off like five feet from the net. I was, and when that one came off, I was like, it's done. We're done. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's over. Oh, and what time was that? This is at like three. I waited oh, at five shit. the last day. This is at like three, three thirty. It was late. I had five. Yeah, I had five. At this point, I had five. I caught a 13 inch. I had five and I had I had one that was like it was like put it on the Squeaker. board and barely touch it. It was a 13 incher. And at four o'clock, I went, I pulled into a bay, one of the bays I was rotating, a bay that I caught most of my fish in the first two days. I hadn't caught one there at all the third day. And I was going and Lake, Lake, uh, Lake Mojave is full of baby stripers and they're everywhere. They're mm -hmm. absolutely everywhere. And I was kind of going too fast through this bay. And as I'm going on my active target, I'm in like 10 feet of water. I see the, the stripers part like right in front of me, like they part. And I see two fish come right at me and go right into the boat. And I told my co-angler, I was like, dude, just drop it like right. I was going like, I was on like 10 on my trolling motor. I'm like, just drop it like five feet behind the engine right yeah. there. Like right there, just drop it. And he was like, come on. And he winds up really quick and he pitches it. I had a 
really good co-angler the last day. And he just pitches it right behind the engine. And maybe five seconds later, I hear this. He's like, I'm on. I'm like, no way. I'm like, like go back in the battle. Like, and I thought, I thought it was going to be a big small mouth because I thought that's what I saw. And up just comes like this two and a half pound large mouth. And I net it. At the time, at the time, I was like, God, like I was like, God, I needed I wanted that needed to be a big one. Like I thought, and I net it, and it, it was like a two and a half, and it called out like a thirteen incher. It, it gave me like a pound. Uh-huh. And at the time, I was like all bummed out. <laughs> and then I gave him huge props on the stage at the at weigh-in because when the when the scale went out, I won by a quarter of a pound. I was like that. Fucking, that fish that was the fucking one. two pounder you caught. I was <laughs> I was pissed when you caught it because I thought it was gonna be not pissed, but I was bummed. Yeah, and that was the one that like I don't win if he doesn't catch that one. Yeah. How how uh I mean the co angle plays a big part in the it's it's huge in that tournament. I know of multiple co anglers that have won tournaments for their pros. Catch them really? all. Show, yeah, yeah, and Juan Bass. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's yeah it's it's part of it. Like but. For you to be in that in that particular circuit, if you want to do well, like can you win by yourself? Yeah, like like I weighed 14, 14 of the fifteen I weighed in were mine. Yeah, but you have to set your co-angler up to get bit, and that you have to try to fish it do like a, a lot team of guys tournament. Still not. I don't. I think the smart ones do, but and that's that's why I, I fish MLF and I fish Juan Bass. The Juan Bass tournaments are more fun. For sure, they're more fun. I, I kind of prefer the competition side of the catch your own MLF side. Yeah, but the wands are way more. I say this every time. They're they're more fun, you know, because when you catch one, you're it's it's together. Like you're high fiving. Mm-hmm. Like the vibes are good in the boat. It's all in the the non shared weight one. Like if I catch one, he's not. So that, that's hard it don't on help the non shared because you can't like give the juice away because yeah like in a non-shared tournament like i'm not an asshole to the guy like i yeah like i they see what i'm doing but i'm not giving them baits and stuff like like in the wand it's like let me see your rod put this hook on this is your bag of baits like yeah. throw this like if you throw this all day you will catch a couple yeah like we gotta yeah. you gotta work you can together. just work faster yeah. and together and it's just it's more fun it's better it's more yeah. fun but you do have instances where co-anglers win tournaments for guys, and that's. Or I've heard, like, I've yeah. heard like Todd say, it could ruin you too. Yeah, like <laughs> they can be. They can like you know you can have like super aggressive co-anglers because that, you could be just a random fucking dude and be like ah, I'm gonna do it, go yeah. let's go and come with like two ugly sticks and be like mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Have you had that happen? I I thought that happened. Really, I keep a couple rods in my boat. Oh, you do just for guys, just for if like I get someone that. Is really I'll look green. at their gear and it's like that's yeah we're you're not don't even <laughs> don't even touch that like use this rod like yeah. and you're not even trying to be a dick you're just like no. dude we're I don't want to we're putting yeah, this has good this. line on it yeah. this is the hook this is the bait catch them like yeah. I tell them every time you could catch all five because I don't care. you were a co angler before right I actually was never a co angler really I regret it hugely I kind of just look jumped into it when I was younger yeah bitch. and I got my ass kicked and I. I, it's a huge regret of mine. Not. So, do you feel like I have this question for later? I guess it's a two-part question. A, do you feel more stress because of how you grew up with the people that you grew up around you? So, like my, for instance, my kids, I they should be able to play music good because they grew up around music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when they do it, I'm going, oh yeah, he's going to be good at it. Yeah. Done. Do you feel that stress as being? Kyle Grover, your dad, you know, owning anglers and having Ayler, all these people around you to kind of help you. So is it like more like 
I gotta do this. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a little stress for sure. My dad's always been super cool. He's so supportive. And I mean, he, he let one, the second I turned 16, when I got my driver's license, I went and fished a tournament at diamond Valley by myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, he's been great. I, I'm pretty mellow. Like, I don't get, I don't get, I used to get super stressed. Yeah. When I was younger, because you didn't want to like, almost like these guys mentored you. So you're like, dude, I, I gotta be like, yeah fucking dude i mean yeah you want to be yeah. you want to do good always you want to be good um but it's there's a lot of mental stuff in those big tournaments it's and that's where co-angler would have helped you think i just just to more more so just to learn like i felt like i, I feel like if i'd have fished co-angler for a few years when i was you know 16 to 20 it would have helped me learn the lakes a lot because co that those guys are I get so many co-anglers that you can tell they're just soaking it in. They're trying to learn from me. You know, they, you learn areas, you learn how to, how to approach, how to approach these different lakes out, out here on the West. The lakes are total. There's so much diversity where we go. We're at the Colorado river. We go to clear Lake, we go to Shasta and you're at the Delta. I like going to the Delta. My favorite part about going to the Delta is you take that forward facing sonar and you just throw it in the lake. You don't need it. There's no, there's no crazy? forward facing sonar at the Delta. So you get to see like, but you're the, probably another guy that kind of does okay with the tides. Yeah. Cause the you're, Del you're a saltwater guy too. Yeah. The you Delta know? is, I have a huge love hate relationship with the Delta. The Delta, I either, <laughs> you can look at my tournament results. I never won. I've got a second and a couple thirds and proams there, but it's like, I either kick ass or get my ass kicked. It's very, the it's, it's, all the lakes are always changing. That place is always changing. You never catch yeah. them in the same place twice there, it seems like. And everything looks the same. Everything looks, it looks like one giant golf course pond. It's awesome. You just drive down anywhere. You're like, that looks great. That looks great. That's but. what I told my wife. Is there anywhere I could move? Because I love calico fishing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I could probably live on the Delta. The Delta is different fishing. Yeah. Like I could fish stripers or I could go to San Francisco Bay and fish mm -hmm. and I'd probably go to Clear Lake if I was going to really? lose. Yeah, I like Clear Lake's the best. It's the best. But Delta Delta's really fun. Yeah. yeah. The fishing's way better in NorCal. That's, so good. <laughs> That's why there's so many more fishermen up there. It is, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... it's uh, Plus, there's full... They're real-sized lakes and everything. Yeah. Our lakes are small. Yeah, our lakes are really small. The there's big ones down here, but yeah, they're yeah. small. Yeah, that's crazy seeing all the big ones get caught somewhere else now, huh? Like yeah. Texas and stuff. Gosh, you used to... I mean, I grew up in the middle of it when I was, I fished a lot of team tournaments when I from 12 to 20 and we used to just smash them on swim bait. I've had 30 fish swim bait days. We used yeah. to have it all the time. We go all the time, triple trout, a Huddleston first came, you go to Diamond Valley with the Huddleston when it first came out, you just catch three pounders all day on, they just blast it. You know, there's none of that anymore. They're just, I think it's more, they don't, I don't think the lakes, they don't get the trout stockings like they used to get. They used to just pump casitas and castaic and kachuma and paris mm. and all they used to just gag those things with trout and they do those don't get the trout anymore so do they just see moved BFS off of that getting deal. a little more popular we do we do have some bfs That's setups say, at, the you're shop. at the shop i'm like do you see i see it getting a little more popular or something different like a yeah. niche thing i want to get one i have a little i live in rancho santa margarita and yeah. we have a little lake there that's got bass in it and right? I, like to, I go walk around it a couple few times a month. i mean it seems it's like catching a big fish but just on light it know, looks like really a fun big bait thing. i don't think i don't think it'll be a big thing in like no. tournaments but 
but for it, it's a it'd be a blast for you know walking your park lakes and everything for sure oh yeah for sure yeah the um what about how what did you finish so that was on the <clears throat> delta the wild west uh the uh western bass shootout yeah the western bass and shootout. you took what i was third in the tournament that's great that's mm-hmm. a great finish dude yeah it's a i've almost won there a couple times um never won but i got you know ken moss smoked all of us he's so hard to beat there oh he's Him, a, the guy Tosh, there. there's some there's some really good local the local thing plays in hard at the delta because of the because like people that are on the water all the time there it's every year it seems like it's changing it's 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 the banks aren't changing or anything the grass is the biggest thing there the grass like clean grass is always seems like somewhere new every year yeah, yeah. like the very a classic example the very first time i ever went there was 2013 i finished second in an flw tournament damn that's good <clears throat> and i caught them all in like maybe a quarter mile stretch and i can't I've never caught one on that stretch again every year i <laughs> go down changed. and never, i can't even <laughs> can't even catch one there yeah it's every, crazy every year it's different you go there like i've and i've been with caesar on there and we'll drive her danny and, and i'm like it all looks the fucking same why are we driving this far to catch fish yeah it looks like it could have caught him fucking right there yeah you know but hey it's it's crazy yeah it's it's just different every year it's different it seems like the fish are kind of getting f- further away from the center right there like mm-hmm. frank's track hasn't been very good the last year or two it's hard to catch them in mildred and man there's still big ones in there but it's not like it used to be it used to go down you just you could just stay right there and just smash when i first started fishing there it's right. kind of there's a lot more guys going way north they're going way south southeast you hear a lot of that now way and out west and pressure dude from i mean more more anglers yes you know you got way more anglers now yeah that place got pummeled during covid because it was like the one place you could it was like the one place that didn't close yeah there's so many and there's just a lot of fishermen up there yeah you know yeah no even you do you go there and you run, dude i ran into dudes from socal when i was oh at, yeah I was like, oh, shit, what are you doing here? All you know? the clubs, they go up there yeah. at least once a year. Yeah. yeah at least once a um, year. Uh, what, do you, how, what did you think of the uh, Western Bass shootout? And what do you think could have done? What would be some things that you would like to add? You'd be like, hey, maybe this would be cool if someone tried to do something like that again. It was, I, I had fun. Like, it was a really cool experience. Um, it was ran well. It's just, I don't know, the timing was bad. It should have probably should have been a little earlier. You couldn't have had it there earlier in the year because of all the flooding this yeah, year. Yeah. But I, I think some format like that would do well in, you know, February or March when there's a little more less you can go do because the weather's not good and it would maybe get more people in there. I think the the biggest issue, they, they should have put it around the, uh, I think it's the, the sec, what's that boat show up there? The Sportsman's Expo? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That, if they like that would be the one way to do it is to tie it into that boat show would have been the way to do it. it that'd be the only way to do it because what were the payouts for that it was it was all i i don't i know ken won a boat or i think he won an engine i don't know if he ever <laughs> if he ever got everything that he won but he won it was the boat and 50 grand i, I can't remember 25 grand yeah. 50, um that sucks i don't because remember you, second you, place was, i'm kind of like always want to pump for the west and like something yeah. good to happen and i'm mm-hmm. like wow they're gonna do it someone is gonna do something big and it just yeah fucking fell apart. that would be if you would have to tie it into that boat show because i think that's the biggest 
boat show in California is yeah. that one. Yeah. If you had the weigh-in at that convention center tied into that boat show, that would be the only way to do it where it was big. Yeah. I think, yeah. You have to you have to combine it with something that's already there. Like, if we had a lake around here, you could do it and tie it into Fred Hall. It would be yeah. huge. You know, yeah. it'd be, you'd, have, you'd have people there at the weigh-in. But there was, other than the family of the people that was there, like, I didn't have any family there. There was nobody there. It was rough. Yeah. yeah I was, I, it was probably a part, a part of the... A semi part of the downfall of wild west was i'm sure it wasn't cheap to rent out that that stadium that we weighed in at and there wasn't Dude, very many people that was, there that was huge like that whole it, it was a big haul yeah and they drove the trucks in it was cool it i was watched a fun experience slam the the fender into the fucking stage i couldn't <laughs> yep. drive the truck <laughs> and then he couldn't back up yeah <laughs> I was glad they weren't driving our trucks in there. Yeah, they had us unhook outside and then hook yeah. up to their trucks. And he's like, the guy's yelling, no, no. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to run the stage over, dude. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it was a cool platform. I just always. Yeah, I got paid, which I was, I was so, it was, I don't, I've never, I haven't really been a Wild West guy. Um, you never thought about fishing the Wild West? No, it's always been just kind of like a NorCal thing and. Really, the biggest turnoff for me personally is that circuit always goes to the Columbia River, and it's just so fun. It's like I don't want to drive thirty hours to go fish a eight hundred dollar pro am. Like it's not, it's not worth it. Um, and that's always like just that tournament alone has always turned me off of it. But you're like a halfway in, halfway out guy because you like the family things too. Yeah. So you're like you want to do the full pro thing, but you're doing the the most you can do but still raise a family exactly yeah, yeah. i have three my i have a three six and seven year old it's it's hard being gone on my wife for a week at a time so i i fish i try to fish all the wand bass and the mlfs and it's a, like it's only seven tournaments a year but i'm gone for eight days at a time like you add that all together it's it's a lot and they're they're generally it's like a little it's a block of them in the spring and a block of them in the fall and that's and that's it. Like I'm gone for those eight days. Rough. It's rough on her. But it's almost. You feel like you almost do it too because you work at the shop and it helps. It helps at the shop. For keep sure. you will keep you like relevant and like kind of have the finger on the pulse of what's going on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I'm around all the guys at the tournaments yeah. that are buying boats. You know, yeah. I sell a lot of boats to all those guys that are there. That a lot of friends. Yeah. And it just helps being you know in the mix with all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. When you're younger, did you think about doing like the bigger? elite or anything i've always thought i mean yeah i would love to go fish bassmaster like if i was going to go back east and fish i would go fish the bassmaster opens i've always like in my opinion the only tournament bigger than this one right here is the bassmaster classic like it's that's you always saw all those guys aaron and clifford perch and josh bertrand and yeah. Roy hawk and all those it's the 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 the, the bassmaster classic is the super bowl of bass fishing so if I if I was gonna take the time away from my family and the money and everything, I would go fish Bassmaster straight, straight to the Bassmaster. Yeah, because that that the carrot at the end of the rope is the is that classic trophy. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, you can't tell me that everybody doesn't want that trophy. <laughs> like that's the end all be all in bass fishing. Those FLW fucking yeah. assholes. No, no <laughs> I love them just- Like I fish all like. They're the biggest tournament circuit we yeah. have out here that gives you the most national exposure. Yeah. But as long as as, as long as I'm out here, I'll always I'll fish those always. You got you though. I mean, that's what you you're gonna have to do if you. And it's a hard series. The opens like, dude. I mean, now that I've learned so much about it, having the podcast, I'm like, shit, man. Mm-hmm. The money it takes to fish those opens to get into the elite is like 
Watching yeah. Milliken do it was awesome, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I love Milliken. I watch all his videos. I was telling you before we started, yeah. like I'm a, I like to watch ice fishing videos. I've been watching Milliken for like eight years. And actually, I'm kind of over all the bass fishing, forward-facing sonars, swim bait videos. I want them to go back to fishing ice up, up in the northern part of the country, right? catching trout. It's something different, dude. <laughs> that was, that was, I loved those videos. Or He did a lot of uh, fishing and uh, like, you know, like dikes and water coming out of some random bridge, catching giant catfish and shit like that I was i love watching all those me videos. too yeah. i like that's like some random shit where you're like i didn't know they were i love there. it love it yeah but i mean it's such a commitment to go fish that those tournaments because you're not all the time away the money and you're not fishing for like a, the, the prize is making the elites in that circuit yeah i know they bumped up the the payout next year which looks cool i'm excited to see what that looks like um they're paying out further in aoi it's hard to make money in that deal though and it, it's more about getting sponsorship money to pay for your to make money doing that now than it is fishing the actual fishing part of it, which I like. I, the expenses are low are a little are lower fishing out here, but you can still like I can still supplement my income pretty good doing well out here. And it's hard, I'm sure, for the pros to even the sponsorships with all the YouTube stuff as well, like yeah. where people can just go to yeah. I mean, YouTube influencer and I don't. Maybe other than KVD, is there someone with more influence than someone like than Milliken? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you know? exactly. I don't think so. Yeah, or maybe the tactical bassing guys. You know, other than those. Even though I feel like Milliken's like the new top tier, like tactical bassing, everyone knows. But yeah, the newer kids, they all know Milliken. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's awesome. Like everybody does, <laughs> and he's a good fisherman. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's no, really, it's, it's really that's really big for for bass that he made that deal. I think they'll have a lot more eyes on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he has that red jersey on. Yeah. What is it? His hometown or something? Yeah. This is his area code, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I saw the picture of him and it was like everyone with their fucking jerseys on. He's just with this red shirt all. Yeah. You'll see <laughs> Which a, is pretty fucking cool, be man. A sea of those things at the classic next oh, year. Oh, it's pretty cool. Like, man, he did something different. He's an outlier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which no, makes it was it, cool. It was really cool to see him make it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been cool to hear your story, and uh, you won. You I won. Be stoked, dude. Can't believe it. Yeah, Still can't believe I won this thing. It's a big deal, man. And, and uh, you yeah. put a lot of time in. I'm mean, eleven of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, eleven. It's really just got to try to win a few more now. I think three, <laughs> three's the. What's your goal for next year? Win that thing again. Yeah. Really? They have a tournament at uh, Mead next year. I want to win a. I've won some boats at Mead. I've won some team fish offs at Mead. I want to win a. A pro really? am at Lake Me. I want to. I'm going to Havasu next week. I want to win one. I never want to Havasu either. Let's hope you win Havasu now, yeah. dude. Just take over over here, man. Yeah. Get another bass cat at the shop over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what you want last time at Bass? Yeah, cat? I want a twenty. It's sitting at the shop right now. It's our, <laughs> yeah, it's for sale right on the website. Check it out, EnglishMarine.com. If someone's looking for a twenty foot bass cat, oh, make shoot. a great deal. <laughs> I'm sure there's a. Why can't we get the rest of the boats here, bro? Yeah. <laughs> um, want to plug anglers? Anyone? Any sponsors? Yeah, if you're in SoCal, man, English Marine, we got everything. If you're for bass fishing, we're, we're just a straight bass fishing shop. That's all, all our, there's a little bit of crossover stuff, but just bass fishing and boats and that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Kyle, and taking the time to come on the podcast, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. Congratulations, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.